I heard I heard the best dirty joke the other day. Yeah. Do you want to hear do you want to hear it, Mike? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> this is a man talking to a woman. The man says to the woman, I'm jealous of your heart right now. And the woman says, Why? And he goes, Because it's pounding inside you and I'm not. <laughs> well, that can make the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I missed you guys. <laughs> Bikers Podcast, presented by Memphis Shades, the clear choice for custom windshields and bearings for your motorcycle. Who's this groovy senorita we got with us tonight? I can't say well, badass because we we can't say that no more. Wow, because she is. It's well, she is badass. She's I'm a pretty badass. Sure. After that ride, she probably has a badass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably so. Everybody, welcome back to Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Today we are joined by a returning guest, special guest. Miss Iron Butt herself, Miss 48 and 10, Miss So Long. I've been in the saddle so long. What Mesa, how you doing? <laughs> Fantastic. It's so good to see you guys and hear you guys. I love it. So Wit, let's talk about this fucking ride. First of all, what what came across you? Is it was it drug induced where you said, I'm gonna do this? Or is it just it just you just were like, I'm gonna do it? Because that, that's it. an intense fucking ride. Yep. I think I went through the list of the iron butt rides and that was the first one that popped out. And I was like, you know what? I can do this and I can still do this within the year of, um, that we've had besides 2020. So yeah, that was like, all right, next I need to figure out the bike. So, so how far was it exactly? Mile wise? Yes. Technically my route was just under 8,000, but I had about 700 yet to get back home. And I had 200 to get to my first location, so pretty much almost nine. 9,000 miles. So you basically almost did an iron butt every day, just Mm -hmm. shy of it. Yes. God damn. Good Lord. It kicks my butt riding 400 miles a day. I'm that's old because though. that's because you're not using the the lawnmower properly. <laughs> I see. You have a little ranch. So better underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I do I got the fancy ones from REI? So <laughs> nice, nice. So f- for you guys that don't know, Harley gave you a Pan Am to do this on, correct? Correct. Yep. So, the um, Pan America Special. So how was it? It was fantastic. I was expected like I expected to like it but I didn't know to what extent I would and it was very very hard to give it back to corporate fuckers how many phone calls did you have to make to land that bike is what I want to (laughs) know um a couple of messages I kind of knew the right people within the marketing and the PR side of it that I reached out to them with a proposal in mind and had everything lined up and to share with them. And it wasn't very hard from that standpoint. It was more of pulling a demo bike out of the fleet that just released that they were able to let go for a month. The unicorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. So the bike was flawless. Was there any trouble, any hiccups, anything like that? Or was it just. Not really. I think if I was going. I had 
gone through the second day like 10 hours straight of rain and i think with the um i forget the plug or whatever it is for the sensor of the computer might have got a little wet and threw off a little traction abs symbol but um pretty much after it dried at that gas stop i didn't have any other concern so other than that no just trying to keep the chain not to be completely dry that was my main concern yeah, it is chain driven. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so, so I wasn't used to having that type of bike at all. So, so all the hype that I have talked about this motorcycle, was it all true? Yes. Mm. You know, l- l- hold on. Let's back this <laughs> up for a minute. This was any hype before you bought the fucker. <laughs> I remember that. This thing's going to be heavy. It's going to be too expensive. That was two years ago. <laughs> that was years ago, motherfucker. Shit <laughs> change. So, so wait, I, I remember you saying early on when you were talking about doing the forty-eight and ten that you were looking, you were looking at this as a test for yourself to see if you would be able to do um, a longer, you know, like the what, what an iron butt rally, for instance. Yeah. Um, and, and so did you prove to yourself that you think you could do an iron butt rally? I think so. I have to get a little bit better uh, at my gas stops just because one, I was moto vlogging too. So it took a l- up a little bit more time and I could be faster at that part. But right. for the most part, yeah, I could have rode two or three more days, if not more, and did about 11,000 miles like they do for the iron butts they ride. 11 days straight for pretty much 11,000 miles. The top guy that won it this year was right around the same time I did my 48 and 10. He pretty much clocked over 13,000 miles within those 11 days. Wow. Now, and I think, now tell me, tell me if I'm, if I'm right on this, but for those iron butt rallies now, it's really about, about length of time in the seat because you're not really allowed to speed, right? Not quite, but then you're also, it's more about the planning too. So like you get points. This is where I'm like, I'm still fresh from learning what it takes to do an iron butt rally, but you get points to do breaks. You get points to do um, photos within a daylight time frame. So it's all about logistics and planning and make it the most efficient ride that you can without getting points taken away for whatever the case sure. is. So yeah, it's kind of a mix of both. It, it makes sense. The more longer you're riding, the more points you're getting because you're going to those certain locations and destinations, then yeah. I, I found the I found the same thing to be true just by driving ninety or a hundred miles an hour. You just you, you can you can cover the same amount of miles in a much shorter period of time. You could, but you have to consider <laughs> the safety part of it too. So I think that's where they 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 might know if it only took you a certain time frame to get to that location yeah it might question right so that's only in mexico when you do those illegal speeds <laughs> no signs posted mm. do whatever's safe <laughs> <laughs> so what i gotta ask this this 48 and 10 has got to take a lot of planning because i don't know if some people in other countries that are listening to this podcast actually know how big the continental u.s is I mean it, we're sure. we're I mean we're not of course we're not Asia we're not some of these other bigger countries but there's a there's a there's a lot of land you got to cover mm-hmm. in a 48 state ride that you did is you know especially in 10 days so 
tell us about how you plan this. Like, was there a route you learned of that was the easiest to get you to each state the quickest? I think for me, it was just, I had to be efficient, but also keep my miles per hour at like 65 or more. So the less I could be off the interstate was probably going to hurt me. So I just kind of stick with those high interstate trafficked areas and find those gas stations that hit those states. I did had to cut through New York and Vermont because it was faster for me to do it than try to go up and around and all of that. But my, um, I was going through towns at like 35, 45 miles an hour. So unfortunately it's like a give or take, but I tried to find the most efficient route and that's interstate and finding that gas station that's right off the, right off the corner of a state or something like that. So I barely hit Kansas for a brief second and Florida I was out for a little bit and yeah, that was unfortunate, but I had to make it work. So did you, did you hit the four corners no. in the Colorado? Cause that, that'd be a, that'd be an easy way to tag four States real quick. It if would you, be I, pretty prob- probably if you were on the West coast and starting out. Yes, I think I'd so. Have, I'd have to look at a map and, and really see what a, what a good strategy would be depending on where you live regionally. Yeah. So another question I got is mm-hmm. food. How, how was eating on, on this trip? I was so sick of gas station food by the end of day nine. <laughs> did you go to Bucky's? Actually, no, I did not. Yeah, I don't stuff. think I found one. It was more of like the travel centers all across the East coast was pretty much that. And loves, a lot of loves. A lot of loves, yeah. 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 What about it? wasn't um, bad. It's just after a while, it's okay to get a breakfast burrito or a breakfast sandwich. I had a lot of like um, turkey jerky and apple pouches, but after three or four days of eating those, it's kind of like uh, I need something different. Did you have a cheeseburger hot dog? No. That's a new one. What? That's a new one. She couldn't get Mike. She couldn't get eat anything that was going to possibly give her any type of uh, undercarriage problems. Yeah, when because you're on a, a forty-eight and ten, and you start to feel the diarrhea pull up, <laughs> right? That's a bad sign, right? That, you shake negative. your leg and let it fall. <laughs> oh, not if it drips. <laughs> Jesus. So when- <laughs> my Gore-Tex suit would prove its purpose after that. <laughs> God damn. So do you like train to do this? Was there like a you didn't like go out for like rides and build yourself up? You were just like, fuck it, I'm I'm gonna well, do it. Once I secured the bike, it was pretty much Memorial Day weekend. So before that I was out in Hawaii with my husband for that month, came back, picked up the bike left that next week to go to babes right out. So I did an iron, butt there, but then after that, they wanted um, the me to get to the 1k service and the 5k service. So it was just constant going up to um, my work, which is about two hours away. So maybe, but really not much long distance, multiple day riding. I just had to go with it and get used to it. Yeah. How long, how long did it take you to get to your 5k service? Two weeks less than three weeks a little less than three weeks jesus christ man i feel like i'm selling my bike <laughs> i remember when we had you on the first time you you were just starting the 
you were just starting your channel mm-hmm. on YouTube and you were doing the rustic roads. Yep. Now look at you. Did you think that you would be here, like where you're at right now when you started your channel? Um, kind of. Yes. I was hopeful more from a long distance standpoint. Like I want to, I just need the bike in it in order to do it. I mean, I can do it on my sporty <laughs> and I got on my bike last week and I went, what was I thinking? And yeah. I still would do it again. I would do it again in a heartbeat. But now that I got spoiled with all the bells and whistles and comfort, <laughs> it's hard to look back at it. But yeah, I knew I was headed in this direction because I, I enjoyed that challenge part of it. So so now, so now you need to get yourself hooked up with a dealership, get away from corporate, get hooked up with a dealership that will sponsor you for a, for a motorcycle. See, now now I'm not saying any bad words here because I'm trying to plug Wit getting a bike from a dealership anywhere in Wisconsin. If you know who Wit Mesa is, give her a bike, a new bike, because she's going to give you lots of playtime, lots of publicity, and she's going to ride the shit out of it. So, man, you hashtagged and added Harley Davidson and and at HD Pan America more times than I have ever seen anyone do. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. It was it was awesome. (laughs) So when you were when you were doing this, did did I if I correct me if I'm wrong here. But did you say that only 15 women had ever done a 48 and 10 and no one had done one on a Harley? Or was it no woman on a Harley? Um, I'm not sure about the Harley part. So when you go into the Iron Book, the Iron Butt records, they don't really say whether they're female or male. So it's it's nice in that way. But just to pick out those female names. It, right. The 48 States in 10 Days Challenge was created co by um, Mike Kneeborn, who's the president, and Fran Crane back in 1988, as like when I first did all this research. So when they first started it, she was my first one. I was like, that's awesome that she was one of the first people to do that and create that ride. But then I was like, okay, how many other females have done it since then? Because I don't want to give away my age, but I was pretty much in newborn diapers when they started doing this. So I was like, how long has it been since I'm ready to ride right now? And I counted maybe 15 max if I'm lucky. And that's just strictly females riding their own bikes, getting certified to complete the 48 and 10. There were some passengers with some of them, but I didn't consider them like strictly solo riding. So yeah, yeah. less than 15. And I, um, after I completed my ride, I got tagged in a fellow female rider who had completed it last year she let me know that there was 23 women that all set out and did it together and completed a 48 in 10, like two oh, weeks wow. after I finished. Oh, mine. So awesome. We pretty much doubled that number within a one week gotcha. or one month mark. Yeah. Oh my that's God. Amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. What, that's what, was, what it was kind of the next part that I was going to ask you is that, yeah. you know, you kind of, you kind of made it right under before they doubled that mark. Mm-hmm. So I wish yeah. I would have known I would have totally rode with them. That would have been awesome. But that has a lot of planning and keeping everybody together. For me, it was I could go on my own course. And if I was tired, I could sit in for 10 minutes at a gas station and rest. But you're kind of forced into a certain structure. And they were running, I think, over a thousand miles each day. Just wow. constant. 
and the fact that you motovlogged and posted stuff on Instagram the whole time you were doing it. That's like that's like every time you stopped for fuel, you would do an install video on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> it took up double the amount of time, unfortunately. So my 15-minute stops were more like 20, 25, just for the sake of doing Instagram, but then also the motovlog part of it. Yeah, it was hard to, hard to keep up so, with both. But Did you hotel it the whole time, or did mm-hmm. you camp? You didn't do any camping? Nope. I strictly I found know. anything right off the interstate, and that was the hotel I stayed at if I could. So. And it was probably a quick stay, too. Shit, yep. you were on the move, yeah. I clocked in at, like, I think 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning sometimes and had to be out of there by 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah. Wait, was there any point during this whole trip that you were like, Fuck Why it. did I get myself in? How did I get here? How did I get myself into this? Screw you guys. Question. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> two times. They're like day two. I was so exhausted from day one of pretty much riding almost a thousand miles. And the last 200 were in just downpour rain and 45 miles an hour through mountain area curves it was not fun and the next day i started out well but then 10 10 a.m hit and i saw a huge rain like thunderstorm going all up the east coast and i was going down from the east coast so there was no no getting around it i had to complete those states so i rode 10 hours at least 10 hours straight in the rain that second day and then when i was out on the complete opposite side out in um, Nevada and almost to California. Didn't realize that my planning had took me to Needles, California at four o'clock in the afternoon. And it was 117 degrees outside in the Mojave Desert. So it's like, I had to get there because I had to get to California to get that gas stop. But part of me was like, I just wish I could turn around. But even then, there was still a whole heat record heat wave going up through that West Coast that I was stuck in at least 90 degree weather until I reached um, pretty much South Dakota. (laughs) Wow. Entire time. So those are my two struggles that if it was better weather, but you can't control that part. Those are both extremes, though. Yep. Yeah, I found I found that when I went down to see Il- or Dustin in Illinois a few weeks ago that um, I did not give enough credit to how fatiguing heat is mm-hmm. when it was, you know, it was 98 degrees and, you know, the humidity was very high and it, the heat was incredibly fatiguing. I, I was... Yeah, I was shocked by by how fatiguing Wall it really sets in quick. In <laughs> it does. And I was in a full-in black textile one-piece suit. So oh. once, even if I had all of them wide open, there was no getting around pretty much a blow dryer in your face the entire time, I felt like. so. I was just pouring water on myself while I was going down the road. That was the only way to keep cool at all. That's smart. So everybody listening, wit does have a YouTube channel if you don't know. She just started posting videos of her trip. You just released the first one, what, a, a day or two ago? Yep. Yep. Right? So I try to do them every Sunday for the days of the challenge. So how many videos do you have in the hopper for this for this series? Pretty much nine, ten. I might have eleven depending on the coming home part. But yeah, ten for sure. Wow. And how many miles was that again? Just over 8,000, almost 9,000. I can't even keep that in my head. Tony, did you even have 8,000 miles on your slim when you sold it? 
Fuck no. <laughs> 8,000 miles on other than the sports trip. I, ha- I have a hard time going to the next gas station. <laughs> I think the miles for me only counts really when you do these iron butt challenges and you have to make a certain amount of mileage at a certain time frame. But yeah, it's, it's fun to see how people plan things differently because mine was super low on the 48 and 10 route and people were curious like i've got 8000 9000 planned and i don't know where i can cut so for me it was super efficient but yes could i have rode more to see this that or in the other i yeah i could have but i was out for one purpose and that was to complete the challenge if i did it again i would definitely have a little bit more free Do time you even have time to look at shit it's like Grand Canyon. The bank. There it went. There it was. <laughs> do you see it? <laughs> so do you do you find yourself now after doing an iron butt in this 48 and 10? If somebody, if like one of your friends called and said, Hey, you want to go ride and get coffee? You're like, nah. I'm not getting on my bike unless it's 650 miles. <laughs> um, depends on the day. If I'm not feeling it, but if somebody tells me a couple states away to hey to meet up, and if I had the time and the kids are taken care of, I would I would go in a heartbeat so yeah see i i for me i i much prefer a trip over you know i just i really don't i mean other than commuting to work or if i'm gonna make a point to ride around town or ride with one of my kids um around town you know what i mean or mm-hmm. you know because when i ride with my buddies on the weekend it's 150 miles or we don't leave the house you know so it, that's just i <laughs> tony's like tony's like 150 miles he's like fuck that I don't even I don't even ride that in two months. You, you should have get dirty if you ride it that long. You can't keep your shit tight when you ride that long. I'll pick sure. you up in a sidecar then. It'll be fun. <laughs> there you go. I'll it'll ride it'll be the greatest sidecar no you've ever seen. <laughs> have my leg draped out of there. I'll ride in that son of a bitch. I don't I'll have pack it with snacks. You can have an iPad. You're ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing ever to have Take me to White Castle wit. Have uh, have Whip pull up uh, to a gas station, and Tony's sitting in the sidecar, <laughs> e- eating eating fruit snacks with his iPad. Ooh, what gas station is this? I haven't been here yet. A My Little Pony drink too. You be, you be. Somebody get me a Capri Sun, damn it! <laughs> I just got to level one hundred on Candy Crush. Look at me. <laughs> now we need to make the easiest this happen. iron butt I've ever done. <laughs> Wait, come to Kentucky, and we'll make this work. Yeah, absolutely, I'm going. <laughs> Tony's like a thousand miles. I just slept for for, for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> but then you can be certified. About. You're as a pillion. You can get certified through the Iron Butt and get a number if you are um, riding with somebody and not the driver. So be there. <laughs> Easiest Iron Butt I'd ever pull off, or the only one I would ever pull off. <laughs> You, Tony, do you realize how sore your arms would be if you rode 150 I miles? I couldn't do it. Man. <laughs> 8,000 miles in 10, what was it, 10 days? Yeah, 8,000 miles. Technically nine days, yep. And so nine. I had the last day to get back from Iowa to Wisconsin. God damn, I'd have to blow on my thumb to pop my ass cheeks back out. <laughs> <laughs> the sea was not that bad, though. I tried to do like a cover on it once just to switch it up, and I immediately hated it and rode the entire stock seat the rest of the way. See, I would have been calling Harley, and I was like, your fucking bike is somewhere in, somewhere in <laughs> California. I took a southwest back, 
took a plane back. <laughs> Motherfucker's <laughs> over there somewhere at a fucking gas station. Don't let him kid you. He he would have called him as soon as he got to Indiana. He'd have been yeah. like, "Your bike's in Indiana." That's just right over the bridge. I'd take an Uber home, man. Go get your shit. I just I just parked I just parked your bike over the bridge in Indiana. Go pick that fucker up. I'm done. I'm tapping out, coach. Broke my dick. I'm out. Hey, ladies, if the ladies are listening, that's that's how you beat down a cox. <laughs> easy peasy <laughs> nothing to it <laughs> Dustin was gone <laughs> oh, wait, tell us about the support that you got while you were on your trip because I know there was all kinds of support coming at you more from like a social media side of it. I think that's why I kept up with the Instagram and the accounts because there was a lot of people just going, this is awesome. This is incredible what you're doing. I'm finding inspiration out of it. Like that just continuously pushed me forward and gave me some of the motivation because I think day eight when I was going through um, endless Montana <laughs> area and then South Dakota, it was, it was hard to find something just to keep me going, but absolutely from, from the social media side of it was, it was awesome. I know we were all cheering y'all every Thank step you. of the way. We were watching you. Yeah. I kept checking Instagram. I was checking her stories. I was like, where is she? Yeah. Yep. I would only do like half day uploads. So when I actually like got up in the morning, I wouldn't upload until like the afternoon or something like that. Cause I finally had, had a little bit to, to catch up on. But So you said, you said you wore uh, like a one piece full suit. Okay. And so when you said you rode through all of that rain, then were you essentially dry? For the most part, yes. After a while, it kind of seeped in through one of the sides on my hips. But and then my I had rain gloves, which were fine on the inside, but the outside was completely soaked. So after a little bit, it started to seep through. And then same with my Gore-Tex boots. But for 10 hours straight in it, and I only have that little bit of moisture, I can handle that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not too bad. So then did you have to like throw your gear on the on the like heater or whatever in the hotel room to try to dry it before you got on the next morning? So when I rolled in, it was pretty much midnight, one o'clock time frame. So I just took the luggage cart straight up to my room and left it there and put my one piece over the top of it because I was like, I got to get up in three hours. I'm highly doubt there's somebody else that's going to need to utilize this luggage cart. But then everything else was full blast onto the heater my helmet because like I had um, like just this pad start soaking in and all that. So that's the part where, and I didn't realize that there was the rain cover for my um, tank bag too. So that first day my wallet was soaked, everything else was it. So I I learned my lesson and it dried up pretty quickly before it got um, soaked in again. But yeah. Ryan, I think she hijacked that luggage rack like you hijacked the uh, gas pump at the gas station mm-hmm. everybody else can fuck off yeah <laughs> let's circle back to the helmet you had a rural rock they, did they send you a rural rock or did you buy that i bought it so w- let's mm-hmm. talk about the rural rock because i bought <laughs> one ryan bought one i bought one. bought one 
I scrolled. I kept scrolling. <laughs> yes, I would. I would advise everybody to keep scrolling. <laughs> Mine came a little bit mismatched. My visor wasn't matching up or anything like that. It just didn't work for the comm system and the stuff that I had on it. So I went with a shoe berth because a lot of the long distance people like the modular and it's a quiet helmet. So I went with that one and I haven't had any concerns with it at all. Jupiter C3 Pro, correct? Yeah. So it's German, Germany company, but the yeah, only that is the only snail rated modular helmet. Thank you. That's awesome. sure. Well, I'll tell Maybe you a unique feature of the Rural Rock is so. when you take it off and the cheek pads come out. Yeah. It's a very unique feature. That way you can adjust them every time that you put it back on. Oh. That would not be conducive to my point of so what, so that's what That's the problem Tony had. After I installed all the comm system in mine, all my snaps broke. So I had to order new... I had to get Rurock to send me new snaps. You had to get the premium oh. snap? I had to get the premium snap, yeah. <laughs> so and and since then there has been a, a female moto vlogger and i'm not sure who she is she actually put out a video and apparently rurock has been harassing her um mm-hmm. to take her video down because it's got like eighteen thousand views or something mm-hmm. so people are starting to catch on i guess and what I, what they can straight eat a bag of motherfucking dicks because we're a podcast <laughs> and this bitch is staying up. <laughs> Forever. Forever. No, it's a very got, unique feature you, when you take you, your helmet off and the cheek pads fall out. Ryan, did you pay money for your helmet? All the monies. I paid all the monies. Hey, Rurock. <laughs> why the fuck hasn't customer service called? <laughs> right. I actually sent them back a notification and said, Listen, this is what's happening to my helmet. I know three other people personally that are, that are having the same issue, and they're like, "Please let them, you know, please tell them to email us." I'm like, "No, please make a better helmet." I got fucking crickets. Mm-hmm. I sent an email. I got nothing. Crotch crickets. Run the train on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so enough about Rorock. So <laughs> pieces of shit. They fuck them. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so what if you were going to buy another bike, would you buy the Pan America? Or would you buy some type of touring bike? Have you thought about that? I have thought about it and I've tested a handful of act, like touring models, but the adventure style, I've only ridden the Pan Am and that was it. So I'm just curious from un, like, I would like to test ride a couple more just to see if I like the bells and whistles of what I was riding, but I didn't realize the position that I was riding in would be one that I actually prefer more than actual, some of the long, the bigger bigger styles. Yeah. So for me, I had it in the tall position, which was unfortunate once I got to like stop signs and I'm thankful for the adaptive ride height or else I would be barely tiptoeing, but I could put the balls of my feet down at stoplights or at gas stations and feel comfortable. But then riding, I, if I had mounts like highway pegs, just to give myself a secondary option besides that, that would be, it would be perfect because I wasn't too far forward or anything like that. So I, I would consider it. I just need the financial means in order to 
Did you ride? Did you ride with your legs hanging down? Because I've seen some adventure riders doing that, just with your legs hanging straight down because they don't touch the ground. And yep. I've I've often thought if I was nine feet tall, that <laughs> you know that hanging my legs down. Yeah, because if I hung my legs down now, they would just drag behind me, you know, and and it probably probably break both my ankles. But I've seen that as a you know what looks to be a pretty comfortable position. You know, if you mm-hmm. were on a bike like that. That's I funny, pretty much pretended I was running or walking at some point too, just to give myself some different way of um, feet position. But sure. yeah, for the most part, I c- could hang my feet down without touching pavement pretty much for like. Uh, well, when I sat on it at the dealership, my feet were way off the ground. My shit was just <laughs> dangling in the air. Dude. <laughs> you got to turn it on and then it lowers down. <laughs> That's lower down a lot. Is that is that what happens when you turn it on? It just lowers down, Tony. <laughs> I don't know. I sat on it now with this. I got on that thing and I was like, "That's a huge bitch." I'm really glad with that you didn't say that you wanted an Indian touring bike because we would have to stop the podcast right now. Sure. <laughs> Indian doesn't have anything like the Pan America, so we're we're only sponsored by two motorcycle companies now. That would be uh, Harley Davidson and Honda. So. <laughs> Sons <laughs> of bitches. You know that old Yammy Noob put a new video out. He picked the Pan America over the BMW. No Ooh. kidding. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. What what bikes have you been wanting to best ride there with other adventure style bikes? I know you've been doing research on it. So. I would like to try like so I'm basing it off of pretty much who's all riding the iron butt and what they're riding. So a lot of them ride the FJR and um, pretty much the GS BMW style. Those are the main two. There are some gold wings and I was like, part of me just wants to try it to see if I, <laughs> how I would like it. But I think those are the three main ones. Cause I've ridden most of the touring style for Harley, of course, yeah. and Indian. So Goldwing yeah. have reverse. Seriously? They sure do. They, well, if you get the... Does it beep when you back DCP? up, too? Or <laughs> But, yeah, it has the actual reverse. You just... That's crazy cool. Put it up in reverse. Man, mm. fuck that. Might as well ride a slingshot. <laughs> <laughs> it I, might still... be helpful. You might not. <laughs> I'm still thinking they should be riding Road Kings, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> There was a guy in the Iron Butt that actually rode the pan the new Pan America too and put about nine nine thousand miles on it, but he did not meet enough points for to be a like a finisher for the Iron Butt. So he didn't. Boy, that would suck. Yeah, Hmm. he was out there running it too. So you can run it and not receive enough points, and you don't get credit for it. Correct. Yep. I'd be blowing somebody and up. you have to have a certain amount <laughs> of points too, to even be qualified as a finisher too. So there's like some restrictions on that. And then if not, you get a DNF and you try so, again, hopefully two years. Let's, let's, let's talk about these points. How does one acquire these points? I, that's where like, I don't know too much logistics, but they give you what? certain GPS locations that you need to be at for whatever the theme is. And I think this year it was more of like trains and something like that, but they had to stay within the States. Cause I know pre last year, you could go all the way up to Alaska, Canada, down to Mexico, all over. To Can you hold these points in your hands? I don't think so. 
they're like imaginary points. <laughs> yeah. So and like flight. certain ones are just crazy. Like somebody would go down to the keys and get a certain amount of points, or you can go within like a 20 or like a 200 to 300 mile radius and get a couple of these other small points to add up. So it just all depends on where your location is. And I think there's like two or three check-in points that you have to meet at before you have to get back to so, you're in Provo, Utah, Utah for. The so base. these points are like Bitcoin. <laughs> they're imaginary points. They're, imaginary they're, like, imagine, points. they're like we're going to give you these points, and they or we're going to fuck you out of these points. One <laughs> or the other. Tony, Tony, Tony Fortnite, and my damn account got hacked, and I lost all my V bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you have to see if you can do an iron butt in a car before you do one in a motorcycle. I got to see if I can pull one off in a 15 mile radius of my house. <laughs> I don't think you can I just do this loop a lot and get the points. I think you can do a full circle, but then you have to keep showing your like. So I tried to look into it when I was out on Oahu and Hawaii, and there's not a lot of like area that you can easily make up the miles for. If not, you're going to be stuck in tourist traffic. So the guy that had done it with a couple other people had probably about close to a hundred receipts because they had to verify that they were only like doing one certain loop going out and back and that sort of, sort of thing. See, so, I could pull uh, that off. Well, I if you went to on- my gas station and back a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> See there. All right, Discord friends, FTP's about to answer your questions. Make sure you head over to 5DirtyBikers.com and click the link on the homepage to visit our Discord and become a member. Real quick, we got a question. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Heathen Biker asks, question for FDB, have y'all ever done an episode of anti-theft for bikes? No. That is a good idea, though. Not that is. Pat, we'll have to we put one in the skid box. The best is just keep it in your garage. <laughs> That's what Tony will tell you. That's what I do. Best day and I have to ever close the garage door. <laughs> if you never ride it, they can't ever steal it. I pull it out in the driveway to clean it up. Then I put it back in the garage. <laughs> Man, you're worse than my grandmother leaving in the, the we're going to get Doro. done with this, and people are literally going to think I never ride my <laughs> Do you, Tony? Every now and again. <laughs> when the weather's just right. <laughs> can't be too hot or too cold. Can't be too hot or Can't be rainy. Can't have not, any cloud cover because it yeah, might not, rain. It might rain if it's rainy. <laughs> yeah. Got to make sure the gas station's open. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't be too yep. can't be too early in the morning because I can't get up that early. Can't, can't be too late. At, early, yeah. Can't be too late at night because I'm old, so yeah, I got to go to bed early. Go to bed, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, 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 there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. Yeah, there's about a 45 minute window in there. That's about yeah. good. I got about 30, 45 minute window. <laughs> it opens up. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna kick us off with the first question. This question comes from Moto Mortician for Wit. What was the most memorable moment slash thing about the 48 and 10? And how long did it take to want to get back on a bike afterwards? Solid question. Solid. Mm -hmm. I think riding out more in the West Coast, like Oregon, Washington, I've never been out 
that far before I was just in awe even that was just interstate riding so for me I was like there's got to be more incredible riding out that way but the most memorable was pretty much once I found my hotel for the finish um out in Iowa I found a hard rock hotel and it was absolutely perfect for me because I walked into my hotel room had my favorite band on the wall so it just kind of all full circle felt like okay, I did this and I completed what I had to do. And I felt like I was supposed to be where I was at that point in time. So I can't remember what I remember the post. What band was it that was on the wall? The poster that was on the wall. Shine down. Shine down. Yeah. Yeah. It was your rock star moment. Yeah, it pretty much was. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then Um, so we left right after I got home and visited family out in Tennessee. So I didn't really get a chance to ride, but that next week I was back on the bike and I less than a week, I want to say within five days. She has a true iron butt. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get as much miles as I could in with that bike while I still had the chance. So sons of bitches. (laughs) So here's, here's the thing we've, we've had saddle tramp on. We've had uh, Scooter Tramp Scotty. Mm -hmm. They have both talked about the inner urge. I think that's what I think that's how they described it. Or you have this feeling inside of your soul that when you get on a motorcycle and you ride, you get, I want to go further. I want to go further. I want to go further. Yep. Is that what you experience every time you go off for one of these iron butt rods and come back and you're like, I want to go further. I yeah. want to do more. What else can I do? Where else can I ride? What other challenges can I do? Like, it's just, it's opened up the floodgates completely from, from my end of it. So there's so many challenges out there that I would love to tackle. I just need the time and the bikes do. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I need to find like the soft ass challenge. <laughs> the slowest. The like the slow, challenge. No, like they have the slow challenge um, yeah. where you go as slow as possible <laughs> compared to other bikes. Like that could be make the 15 miles. Well, I'm looking for, I'm a bitch challenge. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think if motorcycles, if motorcycle riders were rated like beef, Tony, I'm pretty sure you could be Wagyu. I probably could. Just soft. Yeah, he's been massaged. He's, his, tender. His, meat is, his ass is supple. It's, it's very tender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That Poor can't thing. make the podcast. All right. <laughs> Move on to the next question. Here's one from Walter V. Volts. What were your most favorite and least favorite stretches of the whole route? The rain. <laughs> didn't matter where it was. It didn't matter where it was. Like it just dampened my mood completely and just kind of not necessarily ruined it, just made it harder. And I think if I didn't have planned out the exact gas station stops I needed to be at, it would have been like 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. But I think it was just that, that one thing I needed to get over and I couldn't because I was just physically had to ride and whatever it was to get to the next spot. But I think just seeing all of the 48 states, I've ridden in some of them, but not to the extent in others. And now I've got reasons to go back in certain spots that that makes it 
enjoyable for me. So, yeah. Wait, were these like full on downpours or were, was it like spitting down rain for a little bit? Then it, did it like the, the I judged the it off open? of the car windshield wipers. So they were full on high, like high rolling for the cars themselves. And I was just, I was better off. I felt like in on the motorcycle than the vehicle because I didn't have much to, um, to fight against the rain, but yeah, they were full on white out conditions, thunder, lightning, didn't have a choice, had to keep riding. There was probably about 20 miles away from me, a couple lightning hits that mm. made me question why I was still on the road, but I had to, had to keep rolling. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> quite in your situation where I was riding 10 hours, but on my way back from Kentucky, black clouds, black mm-hmm. clouds, lightning lightning I, i'm talking within a couple of miles from me i mean this i mean it was cl- it hit and then not even two seconds later i heard the clap yeah. it's scary it's scary it is i'm not gonna lie but you know I, I, it was it was one of the things where i had to be somewhere like you you had to be somewhere mm-hmm. so you had to keep pressing on but through I mean, Oklahoma, through oklahoma and texas so i hit like at least 20 in my mile an hour crosswinds on the interstate going through oklahoma so i was probably completely sideways but felt like i was trying to keep upright for that so and that was all of my oklahoma ride and then as i hit that state line for texas i saw dark blue clouds and there was no way that i was avoiding it so yeah i had to had to keep had to keep rolling. There's something especially scary about a severe thunderstorm on the open plains. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's frightening because mm-hmm. I mean, I've looked out south of town. I've seen a twister before, and it's flat out here for the most part, especially around where I live. So you know, you could see for miles, and you could just see all this coming wrath of God coming at you. And but then you see the sun like. 20 miles away and I was like I just want to be there. Why yeah, can't right I? There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Walter had a second question as a part of his um of his questions. Also, would you recommend doing a saddle sore 1000 prior to trying such an epic journey? I think you might have to well, that might be the bun burner. So if you do a bun burner which is 1500 in I think 24, 30 hours, you have to have a saddle sore, have done one of those before you do that. And I think it's just because of the time limit, but I think you could go out and do a 48 and 10 right away if you wanted to. But I think starting off with just a 24 hour one to get your legs underneath you and know logistically like your gas station stops and how you're going to do that. It just, it's probably easier, but Hey, all the power to someone if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Tony can't wrap his head around it. Moving on. <laughs> Wait, how many iron butts have you done now? So I tried to see if I could like, um, like nestle in a couple of them. I actually did a bun burner. So 1,500 miles within 36 hours. I did an iron butt uh, accidentally. Cause I didn't plan them out to be that way, but didn't iron, butt, did a bun burner during my 48 and 10. I haven't like sent the paperwork in to do that. Cause I just wanted to be certified within the 48 and 10 right now. But before then I only did the one, um, last June. That was it. Okay. Well, didn't, didn't you do a, I thought you did a, a oh yeah. Iron, and I did it up to, 
babes right Six out too. Babes, yep. Yeah. So yeah, technically about three. Definitely gonna have some stories for the grandkids. Mm-hmm. No shit. <laughs> I'm kind of happy that I'm doing the moto vlogs for it too because I can share exactly like pictures only do so much justice, but they can hear my tone of voice. They can see kind of what I'm experiencing, and I think that just makes it a little bit more. That's how come I decided to do in my in my last vlog where I was uh, riding to Illinois to do the hotel vlog portion of it mm-hmm. because I wanted people to see like how I felt at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I just I just rode 650 miles and it was 98 degrees. I, my ass is whipped. You know, and eyes are sunken in. Yeah, and all of that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That, that, good good thing for them to know. You're leaving a legacy. I'm trying to. So the the next question is from Jay Sherman and he says, what did you like and or dislike most about the Pan America? Way to put me on the spot. Oh yeah. That's a good question. I liked all the tech. I got so spoiled with cruise control and heated grips and all that. They actually hardwired in my Garmin. So my navigation too. So I had everything set up and ready to go from that standpoint. So I enjoyed the tech and just the riding position of the bike. I really, I really liked it. I think the hardest part for me and the, I guess the dislike that I had was the hard cases. So I had to, I had my um, key fob pretty much attached to my one piece suit. So I would have to physically take it out if I wanted a snack or anything like that. So just kind of unscrewing and hinging it off because they're, they were pretty much waterproof. I didn't have any concerns with that, but it was hard to just get it through that part that I just, that wasn't my favorite, (laughs) but I liked having the large cases. It was, it was nice. (laughs) But other than that, the bike, I don't know. I, it was hard to, hard to choose another one after, after that one to compare to now. They built a hell of a bike. I'll give them that. Mike, can you imagine riding the Pan Am down to the campsite at MMM 19? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> You'd be going up the hill, never on foot again. <laughs> mm. I'm telling you, man. I like the KLR. The KLR was good. I, I love that bike. That that's a good utilitarian bike. But that Pan Am is perfect. Like for me, mm-hmm. that Pan Am is perfect. Off the showroom floor, perfect. And for the hundreds or however many people own that motorcycle or who have ridden that motorcycle with, but thousands of miles on the motorcycle, not just a demo ride. And to all those people, that bike is perfect as well. Have you burned lips on the exhaust yet, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys see the Harley Davidson wiener in Mike's mouth right now? <laughs> your lips on the exhaust yet? It won't let. That's, that's how perfect it is. You can't burn your lips. You can do all you want to on the exhaust. That's a special hog. I'm telling you, man, it's like having a flashlight. You can't wear it. <laughs> it's just not as discreet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Linda Lovelace has nothing on Mike. 
<laughs> they put out that Pan Am, and he's been deep throat and Harley he's ever been since. Deep throat in that thing ever since. <laughs> that can't make the podcast. This is this is what this is what truly makes me this is what truly makes me happy about the scenario with Mike, and not and, oh Jesus, Mike. <laughs> And, and honestly, it, honestly, it's not about the fact that he found a Harley that he loves, but he found a bike that he truly, a, a bike that he truly, truly loves. It and, and just it was Harley or Honda or Kawasaki or whatever. It, right. I mean, I, if it was this same motorcycle, wouldn't matter. It would not matter the manufacturer. Right. He just found a bike that he really loves. And I totally get it because I, I feel the same way about my bike. And so it's just great that he found this bike that he really loves. And so the fact for us that it's a Harley just makes it, makes it that much so better. much better. So much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's our, what's our neck? Neck. Fuck. I can't talk. Hang on. Wait. I want to show you. Do you see this? Oh, oh are you a hog member man. too, Mike? It has oh, his name on it. Oh shit! Everybody listening, Mike is is displaying his hog card. <laughs> Kool Aid <Yeah>. card. <laughs> it's Kool Aid <laughs> card. <laughs> it's, it's orange Kool Aid. It's tangerine flavor. <laughs> I can get you up in the museum for free, so come visit Milwaukee here. There you go. Oh, head out. <laughs> it's a banana. It's a wet banana's ride out. <laughs> You could pretty much do an iron butt all the way there, probably. There you go, Mike. Boom. Mm. Tell me all about it. I'll be at home on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Eat Hershey's kisses. <laughs> so here's one from Phil. Phil R. Kentucky. Were there any oh shit moments during the 48 state ride? besides the rain because i'm sure there was a high pucker factor i think just like after i finished i got through iowa had my last gas station stop and i went okay i need to go through my receipts and make sure i have all 48 states before i completely call this good so i went through every single sticker and went okay yep yep okay 48 got it <laughs> so that was the part where i'm like i i <laughs> I have a full another full day of riding tomorrow if I need to go all the way down to whatever state it is to get that last one. But other than that, um, out in California when I was just pretty much heat exhaustion, that's the part where I'm like, why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I actually had – there was a guy that had followed me in a truck like kind of side by side and he pulled out his phone and was actually recording me. And I was like, this could go two ways. He thinks I'm an idiot and doing what I'm doing right now, or it's the complete opposite. So that's the part where I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm pushing it from, from my end of it, but I had to make the commitment to be in Vegas area for my 10 K service before six o'clock. So if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have been too concerned, but I had, deadlines and timelines to meet because people were waiting on me any like close calls or anything like that not really oh, no that's good that's yeah. good because I mean, a couple episodes ago we had we had this discussion on how accidents were on the rise mm -hmm. and it's been dev i mean it's been devastating to learn of all the people that have been that have gone down or have had close calls just the stories are they're almost 
It's almost like a horror genre shit. And there's a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is this no. coincidence or is this legit? There's a reason for it. And we're just glad. I mean, I'm glad and I'm sure we're all glad. Of course we are that, you know, yeah. you didn't experience anything like that because it's, it's a lot of miles in a short period of time and it anything is. can happen, but especially interstate too. Yeah. When it comes to that. How, what, what's your, what's your take on interstate? Are you comfortable with it? Do you feel safer on the interstate or are you more, I like to stay off of it as much as possible. I've like, so after riding a little bit through New York and Vermont where I wasn't really on the interstate anymore that next day, once I hopped on it, I was like, I feel at home. Like this feels normal for me. Like I'm okay with it, but I stayed in that. I tried to stay away from semis or give my distance for certain cars too. So even if I wasn't cruise control, I was still cautious of it. There were, there was a uh, driver that was on her phone and pretty much did not see me and was pulling into the interstate lines. That got me a little frustrated and I laid on my horn and she didn't really understand why because she was busy on for that. She but other than that, busy. yeah. Mm. Other than that, I just kind of felt at home on the interstate, which is a weird thing to say, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the I, I have a question that that none of our um, that none of our uh, Discord members asked, and uh, I want to know what was in your helmet. Were you listening to music? Were you listening to podcasts? Or were you just riding in silence? A lot of it was my Spotify account, but I would switch it up and do Audible books. So I listened to probably two different ones, podcasts. So you guys were on for me. I kind of saved them up for a little certain bit and would have them in the mornings because it felt like my commute to work because I like to listen to the podcast. So that's what I would start off with. And then it's whatever mood that I had the day, but it was mostly um, music. I'd listen to some videos just to switch it up. I couldn't actually see them, but just to have something different. Did yeah. you use a Cena or a um, I had a Lexan, actually. Oh. Yep. Hmm. Nice. Mm. Any Bon Jovi, wanted dead or alive? Because <laughs> no. you might make Mary's day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was on, but I, I like, oh, so I have over like 2,000. It probably was on there. But I have over 2,000 songs that I like on my Spotify list, and it was just shuffling through them the entire so time. So this is completely random question. Because like <laughs> when I go on road trips and you're you're driving in the car and you bout that almost falling asleep shit, you know what I mean, where you're so worn out. Did that happen to you on the motorcycle? Or do you get to that? Did you ever get to that point where like you're seeing shit that isn't there? Like, uh, when I did my that, you know? iron butt, the 12 hour, like the 24 hour, when I hit that three, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yes. But for the most part, I didn't hit that pure exhausted moment um, because I knew I had the hotel that I was going to be at and it was probably less than a hundred miles away. So for me, that gave me just the motivation to count down, but never really, never really pushed myself to that limit because I knew I had to get up and ride that next day. So I didn't want to overwork. Yeah. That sucks. when It kind of put me back two, three hours or like a different state. So I was supposed to be in Virginia and I actually ended up in West Virginia. So I just made it up that next day, but never rode all the way through. I was actually thinking about you. I was listening to a uh, different podcast that shall remain unnamed. And uh, they were talking about a, he, this 
they were interviewing a distance rider and he mm-hmm. said he knew he had reached the the um, point of exhaustion when um, he was riding in Arizona at dusk and another motorcycle rider, a husband and wife pulled up beside him. And when they woke him up, his face was on the tank of his bike as he was going down the road at interstate speeds. So he was face down on the tank of his bike, hands off of the bars. Wow. And he was going down the road and because his bike was set on cruise control and it was like a GS or it was one of those, you know, adventure touring style bikes. And he was straight face down on the tank of his bike. That's and they and, and they woke him up and then he said he he pulled into a hotel room that night and um he said he woke up 17 hours later and still had his full gear including his helmet on his head in the bed and and this this was like a legit you know this is a legit distance rider that he said that's the one and only time that he felt like he had probably pushed himself beyond his physical limitations you think yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. There's more to it than getting out and riding for a certain time frame and distance. Like if it gets to that point, I've got other things to think about than just trying to meet that next mile or whatever. There's family waiting at home for me that I don't want to put into any position that I would have to be in to say, well, this is what happened. I, I didn't want to do that at all. Right. I'd rather have, cause I gave myself a one day 24 hour buffer that if something like happened i could make up and still feel comfortable that i could complete what i wanted to do so and you didn't use it during 10 straight hours of rain i'd have tapped out for my 24 hours right then it took me forever to get through and then i was going through new york city traffic as well so it was real fun how long did that 10k service take uh so i rolled in about 6 30 they got started right away like i they pulled open the gates and were ready to roll so it was nice from that standpoint and i think it was i got out just before 10 o'clock but they put brand new tires on as well so (laughs) they were very efficient with what they did but then made sure that they didn't cut any corners and they took it out for a test ride as well and brought it back so yeah awesome well done they were ready to roll. It's good. So was that also sponsored by Harley? Yeah. So any maintenance I did not do on the bike myself, except for some like just uh, chain wise, if I needed to add more loop or something like after, after the rain, but everything else was done by Harley or nice. a dealership. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. It was kind of comforting to know because if I had to rely on myself to do some of that stuff, I it would be fine. But it just gave me more confidence to know that the bike was good. Hell yeah, especially when you're 5,000 miles from home. Yeah. Pretty much the opposite direction. I looked yeah, at it and I was like, I'm a long way, <laughs> a long way from home. Let's do one more. This is from Toby Northern, Mr. Panel Van himself. <laughs> <laughs> what changed in essential packing with your 10 and 48 versus or 48 and 10 versus the 1k and 24 video packing list? So I didn't wear the same clothes at like I wrote, I wore one the set of clothes for that day. And the next day I wore a different set of clothes. The only thing I did keep was either one piece suit 
or um, my textile jacket. Everything else had separate bags. So for me, I had a lot of clothes in that waterproof bag, but I didn't have to wear wet socks or anything like that. So that's the part where I splurged a little bit and had new socks every single time, everything like that. So other than that, just a lot more snacks. And even then I found more of the gas station variety compared to the snacks that I actually brought too. Like I brought oatmeal for breakfast and never felt like I just had felt the need to get on the bike and ride. So I never sat down and actually had breakfast somewhere or made my breakfast. I just picked it up from whatever was available and kept riding. Well, everybody, that'll do it. Thank you for all your Discord questions. And remember, Discord is free. Don't cost a motherfucking thing. Go to 5dirtybikers.com. <laughs> click the link on the homepage and get signed up on Discord. Come join us for free. There's lots of good conversation going on over there. Right. Wait, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, Instagram and YouTube are pretty much my main channels for that. So it's just my first name, last name, W-H-I-T, and then M-E-Z-A. On YouTube right. and Instagram. Yep. So Wit Wit is uh, really killing it out there with what she's doing. And if you're not following her or her content, fuck off and stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> that was aggressive. <laughs> He's got some pent up stuff that he might be. We're, Wit's riding more than any of us, so that's why Gimp that. hasn't been out of the Thank closet you. in a while. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it. And everybody, this is episode 100 of Five Dirty Bikers. Whoop, whoop. Is, is it our, really? This is, this is our 100th upload for this You're podcast. You're fucking kidding me. We've, been, we've done this 100 times. Oh, that's we've, amazing. 100 times. That yeah. fuck iron butt. We've done it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> you get your gold star today. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's pretty amazing that we get to have wit on for our hundredth episode. That is awesome. Yeah. This, has been, really this awesome. has been a, a great episode. Great guest to have on for our hundredth. Great stories. Wit. Congratulations to you on all of your miles, all of these, all of these challenges. You're just crushing. Please continue to do so. And uh, I, we can't wait to, to hear and read about it again. To do 100 episodes, that's that's showing stamina. <laughs> <laughs> showing something. <laughs> Insanity, more likely. Yeah. No, and, what you and, guys do are, it's incredible, and it's enjoyable to listen to, and it kind of keeps me, and especially for my 48 and 10, it was it was nice to hear those familiar voices when I'm pretty much riding solo, so... You well, wait awesome. in September if you want to ride to Louisville. Come on down. I have to photograph a wedding, so no, this is well, this is this is my um. Tell them they have Yeah, sorry, they, they did already. For <laughs> you get married <laughs> the next week instead. <laughs> tell tell them you got COVID. They'll believe that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they are motorcycle riders too. So, <laughs> well, what you do is they can just come to to the fdbm for their honeymoon that's right maybe maybe they should change their plans we (laughs) we can we can find somebody to marry him at uh, bluegrass early davidson maybe get married at cock smokers in the parking lot is the is the the owner ordained (laughs) (laughs) i'll get ordained and marry somebody at cock smokers if that's the deal 
<laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Oh my god. I said next time we didn't make this happen for the next go around I'll photograph it. That's right. Keep it dirty, riders. And we'll see you next time on the FDB Pod.